Hello and welcome back to the podcast. It is Wednesday the 29th of July. Today we're going to be looking at our all-time Liverpool 11. Should be an interesting one. We're both Liverpool fans. Uh, Ben's already done a team on this before for uh, an article in the Courier, so make sure to check that out if you like this podcast. I'm sure he's got lots more reasoning for his players there. Um, but Ben, what, uh, what formation have you gone for? I mean, this was this was probably the most difficult because obviously I've got a, an emotional connection with pretty much uh, every player here. You know, they've all brought a, a, a big moment in, in history for, for my club. Um, I managed to go for a, a traditional 4-4-2, which I, I think, uh, you know, echoes... I don't know, just the fact that I'm a fan and obviously all 11 of these players uh, are, uh, are really important players to me. So I had to go for two banks of four. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I went with, a, once again, a 3-5-2. Right. Same okay. story. I want I want um, more centre-backs. I want still want three midfielders, but I feel I have to. I have to get wingers in this team yeah. and uh, also have to get two strikers. Yeah, no, fair so, enough. Uh, so that's why I went with that. Uh, goalkeeper, I think I know who you've gone for here, but why don't you uh, run us through your reasoning? Yeah, uh, Pepe Reina is my keeper. Um, best goalkeeper to play in a Liverpool shirt for me. That is, and put, digging my heels in, there is no keeper that was better than Reina at Liverpool. Um, Grobelar and Clements are, you know, probably the two best other options um, in one of these podcasts that have ever been done because you've got two world-class keepers there. Um, but they also had, they were fantastic keepers, absolutely amazing keepers, and this is not to take anything away from them, but they also had um, strong defences in front of them. Rayner was a, a period in that Liverpool team where he never really knew what what centre-backs and, and full-backs were being played in front of him um, on a on a game-by-game basis. You know, there was very little consistency in the defence um, in front of Rayner. And Rayner still racked up the best clean-sheet record um, in the history of Liverpool. He's not the attractive choice um, out of those three. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've probably gone for... Well, actually, maybe you haven't, but Grobelar and Clements are probably the options that 90% of Liverpool fans would go for um, but I was backed by stats and also the fact that Reina probably had the hardest time out of the three I just think you know if Reina had the likes of Hansen and Tommy Smith and Emlyn Hughes in front of him as a defence um, I, I don't know who'd score against that Liverpool uh, defensive line to be honest um, so Reina is my keeper and it was just a, just as a little um, side note um, I do believe that Rayner would still be a Liverpool player now had uh, Brendan Rodgers not let him go. Um, I think that's probably the, the biggest mistake Rodgers ever made was uh, getting rid of Rayner. You think he'd be? Uh, you think he'd be playing second keeper at Liverpool? Yeah, I mean, there was no re- there's no reason to to suggest that he couldn't have progressed his career and Liverpool would never have needed to sign Allison. Yeah. You know, he went on to play for Napoli afterwards. Um, and was a, you know was a good keeper there, and it's heartbreaking. It really is heartbreaking um, to watch him sit in the stands at Aston Villa games, because it's yeah. such a waste of talent, you know. And um, I'd I'd have him I'd have him over Adrian right now, definitely as a second keeper. I'd have him over Adrian. Okay, fair 
mean, a rich history with Liverpool, so it's uh, certainly justifiable. Yeah, definitely. I've gone for, as you say, one of the more attractive options, and he's the keeper with the, you know, Alan Hansen and Evelyn Hughes and yeah. uh, Ray Clements I've gone for. Mm-hmm. Um, j- just because <laughs> Liverpool in the 70s were just so dominant and, yeah. and early 80s, and um, Ray Clements league championship which is now the Premier League that's in 73 76 77 79 uh, 80 FA Cup 74 League Cup 81 and then European Cup which is now the Champions League 77 78 and 81 the list goes on and there's a couple other players who almost have identical uh, who are involved in identical competitions um, I thought just because of his his record and what he's won with Liverpool and um, just his career and, and how it spanned and um, I thought he had to get in the team for me and I know that you've backed Rainer up with stats but I'm uh, I'm backing up Ray Clements with honours. Yeah, that's fair enough. I uh, I I would argue that that um, you wouldn't with with the team if you if you replace Ray Clements with Pepe Reina, I I would argue that you'd see um, a similar list of honours, a similar amount of honours um, as what Clements got. Um, but Clements was still a fantastic keeper. You know, that's not, it's not as if he got his deck chair out every game. You know, yeah. Ray Clements was, was second choice to me, for me. Uh, Grubbala was third. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, we, we, we've, we've always been, we've always had um, a nice little list of, of world-class keepers at Liverpool, definitely. So, it's always going to be a difficult choice. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, almost quite easy to do because there are three main options, as you said. I don't know if you could not not all time Liverpool, but maybe in the future you could include Allison in the debate the way he's going. Yeah, there's, cert- there's certainly an argument for it. I mean, you know, he's had a lot of early success. It, it's whether he um, sticks around you know Grubble R. Clements and, and uh, Rayner were, were famous for sticking around at Liverpool for a long long time um, obviously Alisson started off at Roma can't really see him moving on anywhere from Liverpool but you just don't know especially especially with goalkeepers you know because um, we've, we we saw with Pepe Rayner you know that that first season that Rodgers arrived at Liverpool um, didn't start in the best way, but that was because of the keeper style. You know, Rogers liked this sort of this punch style keeper and um, a keeper that's almost just a defender playing playing a bit further back. Really, you know, doesn't like yeah. to doesn't play the sort of classic style, more of an acrobatic player. And Rayner just wasn't what just wasn't that. Um, I do believe that a classic style of keeper is better anyway. Um, but you know, in a matter of months. What Pepe Reina had done for Liverpool just got cancelled out, and he just he just got blown out, you know. So the, there's there's no reason for that to happen, but there's also no reason for that not to happen for Allison a couple of years down the line. I just I, I don't believe I, I just believe that you just don't know until uh, until it happens. Gonna I'm gonna stick on this, quick, not for too much longer. Do you think that might be a reason why Reina is? sitting on the bench at Villa Park, is it because he's a classic keeper and the game has moved forward to require a more modern keeper, technically skilled, as you say, like a, a fifth defender? Um, yes and no, really. I mean, yeah, because the general trend is that keepers are more acrobatic now, but I wouldn't even say that, 
you know, Alisson plays like Alisson where he can. You know, he, he does like to use his feet a little bit, but that's not what I mean when I talk about acrobatic keepers. You know, where Alisson can bring it, when, when Alisson can bring the ball into his chest, he does. But, you know, some of the best keepers in the world uh, are just goalkeepers, and that's just that. You know, to Stegen, Neuer, um, Buffon, yeah, that was the player I was looking for. Thank you. Um, yeah. Buffon, you know, Czech when he finished his career. These are fantastic keepers, regardless of the fact that the game is moving on. That shouldn't mean that there is no space for keepers of that style. And, you know, I look at some of the keepers that are in that are in the Premier League at the moment um, as first team keepers. And Pepe Reina could easily walk in as first team keeper at you know, fair, fair proportion. I'm not going to say over half because I'd have to have all the, the keepers and clubs in front of me, but certainly a fair proportion. You know, it's not just one club. He could work, He could be first team keeper at more than one um, Premier League team this season. And the stupid thing is that he's second keeper at a team that, you know, have been scrapping around in the relegation zone for the vast majority of this season. Yeah. I mean, one of those acrobatic keepers that stands out is Edison. Yeah. He's... He perfectly fits the bill for what for what you said, but yeah. also, like you say, the classic the classic style of keeper uh, tend to be the the ones that are the best, really. Yeah, yeah cause um, they're, they're, cause they just because they just do their job. Yeah, and there's 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 a smaller margin for error in the classic style of keeper because if you if you get into the habit of getting the ball and holding it so that the ball isn't moving around, you know, like we had. When Klopp arrived, we had two keepers that were, you know, so acrobatic in Mignolet and and um, and Carius. and look at how error prone they were. You know, it. I think it, it's it's a lot more difficult to be an amazing acrobatic keeper than it is an amazing classic goalkeeper. So that should say something. Why is the game changing towards that? You know, it, there's. Um, I mean, even look at the likes of Fabianski. You know, Fabianski is not necessarily, the, well, isn't the best goalkeeper to play in the Premier League, but one of the safest pair of hands that the modern Premier League has seen. Um, look at his style. He's not acrobatic. You know, there's all sorts of keepers. The list goes on and on and on. Um, and we have had a bit of a rant about, <laughs> about goalkeeper styles here, but, um, you know, even the three goalkeepers, I mean, Grobola was a bit of a showman, but certainly Clements and Rayner. Um, were just that classic style of goalkeeper and were just quite simply a safe pair of hands. And that's what a goalkeeper should be. (laughs) Yeah, first and foremost, safe pair of hands, of course. That's what, as you say, it's what the the job of a goalkeeper is. Moving on, we're going to go through uh, our defence. Who have you got um, as your centre-backs? Centre-backs, I've also got two choices. Um... Van Dijk has to go in. Well, actually, no, he doesn't have to go in. Neither of these centre-backs have to go in because there's so much choice. Um, there's Hansen, there's Smith. Um, I'm not even going to continue listing because there's just so many centre-backs that should be considered here. I mean, my two favourite centre-backs were the ones that um, were there when I when I was first a, a Liverpool fan, Skelton and Aga, because they were just no-nonsense centre-backs, and I just love them. Uh, didn't have the best record, obviously. Don't have a record comparable to the two I've picked, but I absolutely love them. Um, in my career article uh, for Van Dijk, um, my first sentence is, need any more be said. Um, yeah, he's the best, best defender in the world at the moment, and 
he came in um, with so much um, so much on his shoulders, really, because, you know, of, of the transfer fee that he'd signed for. Um, and he made such a ludicrous uh, transfer fee seem like a bargain. Um, so, yeah, he had to go in for me. Um, and then the, the, the second one, again, you know, probably not the best centre-back to ever play for Liverpool, but just because of what he gave to the club, he had to go in. Um, and it's Jamie Carragher. Um, second most appearances in a red shirt, 737 club appearances, which is just staggering. Um, tackle success rate is 73%. I know we talk about 75% being the really good area, but you know we're talking about a guy who's made over 700 appearances and nearly three quarters of the tackles he's made um, over those 700 appearances have been successful. It's, it's staggering. Um, in his 500 appearances in the Premier League for Liverpool, um, Liverpool lost less than a quarter um, of, of, the, of the games. And he had a clean sheet percentage, well, he contributed to a clean sheet percentage of 38% in those uh, 500 knock games he played in the Premier League. Um, absolute le- Liverpool legend. Still not the best centre-back to ever play for Liverpool. I'm sure you've probably got him in your team, but um, yeah, absolute Liverpool icon. Okay. Uh, so right back, I went for Phil Neal. Um, there, there was a, it was a toss up between two players, um, Phil Neal and Chris Lawler. One, one um, came after the other. Uh, Chris Lawler was obviously first. He was a, he was a Shankly signing, um, and he was iconic. But I think Phil Neal um, was a better player because of Chris Lawler. Because um, when Lawler left. Uh, you know, loads of Liverpool fans were like, it was like when Suarez left in, in recent times, everyone was asking, how on earth are we going to replace him? And the same question was asked of when Chris Lawler left. Um, and Bob Paisley's answer to losing Chris Lawler was paying £66,000 for an unknown player in the fourth division. No, and nobody's ever heard of him. Um, and... He chucks him on in his first game against Everton at Goodison Park. I mean, talk about being chucked in at the deep end. Yeah. And That's he, baptism of fire, that is. Yeah, it? absolutely. And he played so well that he set a club record of 365 consecutive um, games in the league. There wasn't a single game that went by in over 360 games where he didn't play in the league, which is... Wow. Um, you know, I mean, talk about records, you know, we talk about goals, goal records being like, you know, the most impressive. But when we've talked about consistency in a player before, for a player to be so consistent that they're played in 365 games in the league consecutively, you surely you don't get much more consistent than that. Because, as soon, you know, as soon as a player like that has a bad game, they get rotated. Even when a player doesn't have a bad game, they get rotated. But Phil Neal was so good for that Liverpool side that Bob Paisley couldn't justify dropping him for anybody for over 360 games. That's just, that's, that's, it's absolutely mental. That's years, isn't it? As yeah, well, that's, absolutely. Yeah. And he, he was also, um, he was also, it was a bit of a sort of gimmick alongside it. He was quite good at taking penalties as well. Um, so, I mean, that just, that just cemented his, his place as a, as a Liverpool legend. And, you know, we talk about 
Trent Alexander-Arnold being, you know, an amazing right back for Liverpool, but he's not even fit to scrub Phil Neal's boots, you know, in comparison. It, it, it's, um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Do you think he will be? There's a possibility. There's a possibility, but you know he already um, he may be in a position to to have a record close to Phil Neal's, but 365 games consecutively in the league. I'd actually like to know the stat of players in the Premier League and players in Division One that have matched that. You know that's a club record for Liverpool. I'd like to know whether anybody else has got close um, for for any other team in the first division. Because that just epitomises consistency. You know, we talk about consistency and longevity so much with the likes of Giggs and Scholes and Keane and Vieira and, you know, players that have played much more recently than Phil Neal did. Um, But, I mean, I'm going to keep saying it. That that stat is just, it just leaves you speechless, absolutely speechless. Um, Especially... You know, especially as he, he's not even a player like they'd signed from Barcelona. This was a fourth division team, so the equivalent of League Two now. They'd signed him for £66,000. He had no weight put on his shoulders, really, apart from when he was chucked on the field against Everton. And then it all really was thrown on his shoulders. Um, yeah. And that's what he did. Yeah, no, it's it's clear to see why, why you've got him in there. Have you got a left-back? Left-back, I can run through this um, a little bit more quickly. This was a, um, a sentimental choice. It should really be um, Alan Kennedy or Emlyn Hughes um, in terms of what they did at Liverpool. But I um, I put John Arnorisa in mind. Um, <laughs> you know, he was known for, for the goals that he scored, um, but was also you know, a good presence at the back. Um, in 348 appearances, he scored 31 times, which you know, for a left-back is, is, is mad as well. Um, good at free kicks, had his debut goal against uh, Munich in the in the Super Cup in 2001. Um, in his first season at Liverpool, he scored ten times. You know, name me a fullback that's done that recently. Yeah, it's it's absolutely madness. And then that wasn't even when he was um, when he was that good. You know, it, it was it was when Rafa Benitez arrived a couple of years later that he became an absolute Anfield uh, Anfield legend. Uh, obviously, was part of that team that won in Istanbul. Um, yeah. And although he's not the best left back to ever play for Liverpool, um, just because of a couple of interesting facts about the guy, he uh, he certainly shouldn't be snubbed from the from the conversation. I, I think that uh, I think he's a fair choice. I think to, I mean the the fact that he was part of that Istanbul team sort of immortalises him in uh, in Anfield history, doesn't it? As yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I've gone for Van Dijk as well. Doesn't need too much explaining. We've talked about him uh, very recently on the podcast. Um, also, Carragher, same reasons for you uh, as you. Uh, in his 508 Premier League appearances, he only let in 173 goals. Sent <laughs> uh, the 73% success rate uh, and 1,136 1, accurate long balls. Yeah, that's so awesome. that's that's. Over two, over two accurate long balls a match yeah. in the Premier League, which I think, it, I, I don't know, I think it's quite impressive, to be fair. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, I, I say he's not the best centre-back in Liverpool history, but, you know, he's certainly pretty pretty close. Um, yeah. Certainly, the one argument that you've got for Carragher is certainly the longevity of his career, you know, you could probably say, and I am slowly starting to change my mind about whether he is the best centre-back in Liverpool history, because he might not have 
as uh, good a record as, as the likes of Hanson and Smith did or might not have been as rock hard as those two. But actually, Carragher had a really good career over over 700 appearances. So, yeah, I'm probably going to retract that state. Obviously, I put him in my team, so I obviously got to think he's good. But I'm probably going to uh, change my mind and say, yeah, he's probably the best centre-back ever to play for Liverpool. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy saying that. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 my last option is someone that a lot would say is the best centre back ever to play for Liverpool, uh, and it's Alan Hansen. Yeah. Um, just a, another part of that. Um, you know, he joined in the seventies, and then he was dominant with Liverpool all throughout the all throughout the uh, the eighties, winning in seventy the league in 79, 80, mm-hmm. 82, 83, 84, 86, 88, and 90. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> quite a few times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. FA Cup, a couple times, League Cup, three times, uh, and obviously the European Cup, three times in 78, 81, and 84. Um, just just an unbelievable player, and it's, it's another one where the honours tell you everything you need to know about how good a player he was, and um, just just being part of that team alone is is enough to get into this all time Liverpool squad, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Who have you gone for in your midfield? Uh, so my two centre midfielders. Um, to be honest, there was a lot of choice for this, but there also kind of wasn't because there were only really two centre mids that properly shone from. Um, you know, shone shone out from all the others. Um, and the first one that I went for was Graham Souness. Again, just to reference my Courier article, um, like I did with uh, Van Dyke, I start with a five-letter sentence. And uh, my five-letter sentence for Graham Souness was, "You didn't mess with Graham." Um, which you know. Do you mean five words? Five words. Yeah. Sorry. Did I say five <laughs> letters? We started. Yeah. We started early. <laughs> Um, I'm still, I'm still talking, I'm still thinking about Jamie Carragher being best centre back in the world. That's that's taken all my brain power. Um, five letter, five letter sentence. What am I on about? Um, five word sentence, which is you didn't mess with Graham, um, and you didn't. Yeah, you know, he he is. We talk about Roy Keane being, you know, rock hard, and you don't mess with him. I do think Graham Souness probably trumps him on that. I think the if there's one player to trump. Uh, Roy Keane in terms of being a rock hard midfielder, it's probably Graham Souness, I believe. Um, you know, another player that, that the staggering thing about so many of these Liverpool legends is that they came in after having um, a player that's gone before them that they've got to they've got to fill the shoes of. You know, they've had a legend that's gone before them, a real legend, and they've had to come in and try and do the same job or just not do a worse job, and they've ended up doing a better job. Um, he was brought in to replace Ian Callaghan um, under the under the Paisley era. Uh, he certainly filled them well. You know, as I said, as I said uh, before, one of the most physical and passionate players. Um, and he played seven years um, at Anfield. And you know, you've mentioned the likes of Hansen. Um, the the photo that I've actually got in my career article is is a photo of uh, Sunus and Hansen both holding the uh, European Cup. Um, he obviously was a, a huge part of, of Liverpool's win of the European Cup against um, Bruges in 78. 
um, and then their league titles. He was a massive part of, of their league title wins um, for the, the three years afterwards. Um, he was and, and, and still is uh, one of the ultimate Liverpool players and arguably I'd say for what he, what he won and the, and the level of player that he was, probably the best midfielder ever to play for Liverpool. I'd, I'd say, yeah. That's a bold, bold statement. Yeah, and obviously my other centre midfielder choice is the obvious is the obvious one of Steven Gerrard. You know, Gerrard was um, was a, a miles better. Well, was the best captain ever to play in Liverpool for Liverpool, and and I believe nobody will ever come close to to um, Gerrard as a captain for what he did for the longevity of his career. You know, we talked about Henderson and Henderson you know, at his peak has has reached the sort of levels that Gerard did at his peak. But whether Henderson can do that for so long, um, I don't believe he can compared to how long Gerard did it for. Um but in terms of what they were as players, you know, Sooners probably was a better midfielder, I'd say, than than um than Gerard was. Certainly in terms of what he what he um what he won. Um but yeah, you know, Ger- Gerard was obviously the first first name on the team sheet for me for Liverpool, um, just because of what he was as a captain. Um, but it, it's a shame that he didn't win as much as um, the other players that we've got in 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 this team. Uh, you know, the likes of Clements and Hansen and Sunis and Phil Neal and. Um, but yeah, Gerard is the obvious choice. I'm sure you've obviously got him in yours. Um, the second best midfielder to play in a Liverpool shirt for me and one of the best captains the world has ever seen. Yeah. Okay, I've got... Um, do you want to go through your left and right mid first? Uh, yeah, I can do. Um, yeah, go for it. Right mid, I've gone for Ian Callaghan. Most um, appearances of all time, 857 appearances in a Liverpool shirt, which is amazing. Local lad from Toxteth um, that came through the Liverpool ranks. Um, scored 68 times and, you know, Shankly, Shankly was obviously a guy that, um, you know, knew when to praise his players and knew when to scold them. And, you know, he, he, he was a very charismatic guy, but also had, there was a, there was always that, um, that difference, you know, that gap between manager and player, whereas now in the modern game, it, it, it seems the opposite. You know, managers are kind of one of the players just a bit older, obviously without playing on the pitch, if you get what I mean. Um, but Shankly famously said, I've got the quote here, um, Ian Callahan is everything good that a man can be. No praise is too high for him. If there were 11 Callahans at Anfield, there would never be any need to put up a team sheet. You could stake your life on Ian. And to have that off one of the greatest managers ever um, without looking at stats to just read out a quote like that that's all you need to say really um, yeah. and it was all credit to Callaghan uh, to, sorry not to Callaghan to Shankly um, because uh, Callaghan had quite a nasty um, knee injury uh, he had to have a, a knee operation um, in 1970 and Shankly then prolonged his career um, by about seven years by playing him in, in centre midfield. And then obviously when Callaghan left, um, that's when that's when Sooners came in. Um, but, you know, you talk about natural ability and passion um, that the likes of Messi and Ronaldo have. Callaghan was the same for Liverpool. It was just natural ability and, and uh, such an amazing player. So 
he had to go in. And again, you know, we, we talked about Phil Neal with consistency, but to be able to rack up 857 appearances for Liverpool, he certainly couldn't have been doing anything wrong, really. Especially with yeah. it being, you know, the best team in the world at one point. You know, if if a player wasn't pulling their weight, they'd be out and somebody else would be in. You know, so for Callahan to be able to rack up over 850 appearances at a time where Liverpool were just fantastic. Um, he has to be a major part of that, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it, we talk about natural talent and this was a this was a time when um, natural talent was almost everything really, wasn't yeah. it? So you've yeah, got absolutely. players like Ronaldo now who, yes, he's naturally talented, but um, then you've got all the nutritional advice and all the workouts and... Yeah. And everything that for players of the sixties and seventies would, um, you know, they play the match and then go to the pub and smoke and yeah, well, yeah, and, and all uh, that sort of thing. And it, it was all just reliant on natural ability, which makes which makes this sort of stuff even more special, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, my dad um, met uh, at this Liverpool event um, last year. He met Chris Lawler, the um, the, the Shankly left back, and he said, you know, he used to get the bus. To the games, um, you just get the bus to Anfield with the fans, and it's just like, oh, there's Chris Lawler, and uh, then that that was a player that then went out on the pitch and became immortalised by the Anfield crowd. It's just a completely different, almost a, a different sport to what it is now, football. Um, but yeah, Callahan was was, uh, I, you know, I'd probably go as far as saying he's an overlooked legend because. There's all sorts of legends. You walk around Anfield and there's players that are immortalised there. And Callahan does get credit, but not enough credit as um, as what he deserves, I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah, then, I think that he's in my team as well, so yeah. I can't I can't uh, disagree with anything you've said. Yeah. On the left, you've got. Uh, I've got John Barnes. Um, John Barnes was probably the Messi or Ronaldo of his time. I'd say there, there was no no player. I don't think better than John Barnes when he played. Um, such a shame that, you know, his career ended in the way that it did because of um, him tearing his, or I think it was either a tear or a rupture to his um, Achilles tendon, um, which, you know, obviously is like, it's like doing your ACL. It's, uh, it, it's not only is it a while to get back to it, but then you never really look the same player again when you come back. You know, Barnes was always a player that, so much attacking prowess and such a quick player and I think it was a, a national game for England actually that he did it um, and he came back and he just had to completely change his style because he, he he couldn't run quick enough anymore and you know just to put that into perspective for modern fans imagine if Ronaldo had an injury so severe that he wasn't quick anymore you know that's exactly what happened to John Barnes at that time and that's exactly how upsetting it was because he was the the Ronaldo of his time, really. And it, it still affects him today, doesn't it? It's yeah, not absolutely. like it's it's not like it was oh well it's it's sort of his fault he didn't get back to how he was. It's um why why couldn't he have just run faster? It's it's not that easy. It still affects him like twenty years on, thirty yeah. years. Like, you know, it it's it really was it really was life changing, not just football, it is life changing. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, and so for a player that had seventy five goals in his first four seasons at the club, you know that's that's like uh, for a winger as well. That's nearly twenty goals yeah. a season, um, and you know something like this just brings an end to his career. So 
in such a devastating way. Um, but yeah, still, still wrote his name into Anfield folklore and uh, uh, fantastic player, absolutely fantastic. I mean, seventy-five goals in his first four seasons. That's the that's the sort of stuff we're talking about, like Sadio Mane or Mo Salah. That's the yeah. same sort of stats, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so, it's you know those two guys will will become Anfield legends because they they took Liverpool to their first Premier League title. That that's just instant legend status if you're a big part of that team. Yeah, yeah, I think that that whole the the current team will the whole team right now will. Yeah, and it, it'll be interesting to see like where my take on this goes when um you know in a, in quite a few years time I guess and I'll say. Well, who's the new like midfield legend? Is it Henderson? Is it who? Who's the new left wing? Is it Sadio Mane? Yeah. Um, you just you just don't know. But these guys are proper proper legends. We've but um, we're lucky enough because both of us have managed to make a team full of full of uh, Liverpool legends. And I know these all time teams are obviously going to have some of the best players to play for the club. But Liverpool was such a as you said, it was the best team in the world for uh, a. Fairly long period of time, oh, yeah. and now it's back to that. There was there was a hell of a lot of choice for us. Yeah, definitely. It's um, Alex Ferguson clearly said that. Uh, it, uh, not clearly said, famously said that. Um, I, I'm not going to use the exact word um, on uh, on radio, but uh, his greatest achievement was not winning any title. It was knocking Liverpool off their perch, um, and it was a perch that had lasted for for twenty years. You know, and um, yeah, a fantastic era, and and there's no doubt. I mean, when we talk about um, you know, our city eleven, for example, a lot of the players that we've got in there uh, have played in the 21st century. In fact, I think all of mine, uh, maybe bar one or two, um, have all been playing in the last five, six, seven years. Um, whereas with Liverpool, you've got sort of like a a modern and a classic option for every position. Well, well, at least one from from classic and. Uh, and modern player, um, yeah. which which just shows how how rich a history the club has had. Absolutely, uh, I'll go through my midfield now. I've got also got Gerard. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, just that I don't think you can argue this at all. Uh, unbelievable. Spent seventeen years at Liverpool, over seven hundred appearances. And it, he he's as you. I don't need to say much more than you've already said. To be honest, he's so. He's just so brilliant and is always going to go down as an icon uh, in Liverpool history. Yeah. I've also gone for Souness as well. Yeah. Uh, same, exact same reasons as you. I'm not going to dwell on it too much. We've run over quite a bit on this one, I think. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Souness, exact same reasons as you. Then I've also got Terry McDermott. Yeah. Um, in his 329 games for Liverpool, he was able to score 81 goals. Uh, he had a 57% win ratio, which is once again Pretty anything, good. any any sort of win ratio around, um, uh, any sort of win ratio above 50% is amazing. Yeah, really. absolutely. because um, that's obviously not including draws either, which there will be will be quite a few of. But um, yeah, I mean Terry Mack, the same the same things as um, some of the others I've mentioned in Clements and Hansen with uh, the, the league in 77, uh, 79, 80, 82. 
European Cup three times, uh, won it back to back in 77 78. He won PFA Player of the Year in 1980 and FWA Footballer of the Year in 1980. So, I mean, he was, he was uh, yet another brilliant player in his prime and that was recognised by the world over. Yeah, absolutely. Left and right mid, here we go. Exact same as you. <laughs> it's uh, no, nothing uh, new or exciting. Got got the exact same, once again, for the exact same reasons. So it's the, uh, it's the strikers I'm excited to talk about now, actually. So who have you got um, as your two strikers? Again, you know, you're missing out. We're missing out so many players here um, by only being able to, to pick two players. But I firstly had to had to honour the club's um, all-time goal scorer, which is uh, Ian Rush, signed from Chester for 300k in 1980. Um, you know, he had a point to prove because at that time that was that was a big fee to pay, especially to to a club like Chester for a player like Chester. He scored 346 times for the club. Had a win um, percentage of fifty five percent, and it was it was mad really because Rush really didn't enjoy playing for Liverpool to begin with because um, he could he didn't get on with the players, and uh, he wasn't getting played by Paisley either. So he goes it famously went into um, Bob Paisley's office and said, "Play me, or sell me." Um, and you know nowadays managers would probably play the play the players um but bob paisley's reaction as was usual for managers around that time was to just transfer list him you know he didn't ian rush came in with a bad attitude so paisley listed him um so rush left that left the office left paisley's office decided he was going to prove bob paisley wrong um and uh 346 goals <laughs> was uh was the was the response to that um yeah yeah that's uh, quite the, quite the statement made isn't yeah it? absolutely absolutely and you don't you don't want to play me oh you do want to sell me oh all right let me just go and score over 300 goals yeah and you know i'm not i don't think paisley i think paisley knew he was going to do that you know paisley knew that rush was a good striker otherwise he wouldn't have paid that much but it was probably um, making a point of, of sorting his attitude out that, that he did that. And I think it's probably testament to Paisley even more for the way that he handled Rush because um, he turned Ian Rush into an absolute Liverpool legend. You know, he didn't, he, again, it's not a player that came from a background um, of, you know, comes from another European giant and um, comes to play for Liverpool. You know, it, it's players that have taken a big step up in terms of the division that they're playing in to come and play for Liverpool. And they've gone from nothing into something. You know, we're seeing we're not seeing it as much now, but the likes of Trent, um, obviously Gerard, you know, they, they're not coming from from big backgrounds. They're just coming and, and trying to make a name for themselves. And, and they're, they're doing it effortlessly. Henderson. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to a certain extent as well. You know, he he did do well at Sunderland, um, but you know that they were they were a low level prem side at the time, weren't they? Um, and yeah, his career was made at Liverpool. Absolutely, the the list goes on. And you know, part 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 of the reason why possibly Klopp is so successful now is because his signings are all doing that. You know, even when he's going out and spending sixty five, seventy million on a player, um, they're still coming from 
uh, smaller background. They're coming, they're they're moving up in the world to play for Liverpool instead of sort yeah. of moving along the level. You know, like with Werner going to play for Chelsea, you know, Leipzig and Chelsea. Okay, Chelsea's got a lot of history, but Chelsea are, are a club on the rebuild, and you know, Leipzig are were up until the point where Werner left. Um, Leipzig were, you know, on their way up as well. So Werner's sort of moving across, if you get what I mean. He's not moving up yeah. to play for Chelsea, I wouldn't say. Um, whereas but, so many players that we've talked about here have, have moved up. You know, Barnes, um, Phil Neal, uh, Hansen. There's all sorts of players that have that have um, taken a step up to play for Liverpool and, and have delivered. I suppose you could say the easiest comparison to... Um to Ian Rush is Virgil van Dijk yeah. in from a, a big big money move from a, a lower club and not necessarily expected to do as well as he did but just absolutely shattered everyone's uh, everyone's <laughs> expectations. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, yeah, I mean he he's probably the second name on the team sheet after Gerard just because you think right, well, a player scores that many goals um, for a team then. He deserves to go in, you know, regardless. Okay, who have you got as your last player? Uh, King Kenny is the last player. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's immortalised. We've talked about him on the on the managers, uh, players that are now managers. Um, team that we did a couple of weeks back. Um, he was the king. La- career lasting 13 years at Liverpool. 172 goals in 515 games won 60% of the games that he played in, which I just think, you know, it's only a 5% difference for me and Rush, but actually, you know, 55% is really good. 60%, I think, is extraordinary, you know, for winning that amount of games over 515 games for the Reds. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's quite the record. That's the best That's the best one we've seen in all the, in all the teams we've made. Yeah. 60% of games won is... Um, by quite a few percent, the the best record. Yeah, and he still wasn't the best striker to play for Liverpool. You know, it's uh, yeah. But he, you know, he originally played for Celtic and then decided after you know dominating with Celtic that in '77 he wanted to move. Um, I think there was, uh, yeah, that was right. There was a there was a an offer from um from Man United for more money, and they wanted to sign him, um, but he chose to to take a smaller wage and and, and go to Liverpool. Um and he just he just absolutely tore up um all the players that had gone before him really um in terms of how important they were for that Liverpool team and we said in the manager's thing you know he took over as manager at a really difficult time well there were events during his his tenure as Liverpool manager that were you know no manager wishes to face obviously with the Hillsborough disaster and what have you but he he won. He was a winner as a player and as a manager. And, um, yeah, probably there's no bigger Liverpool legend than Kenny Dalglish, I'd say. He's probably the ultimate Liverpool legend, even though there's players that have scored more than him and there's players that have been captain for, you know, whole seasons, you know, also a, a really long period of time. Um, there's probably no legend bigger than Kenny Dalglish at Liverpool. No, I've, uh, I've got him as my striker as well. Yeah. Um, exact exact same reasons as you once again. Um, don't don't need to explain too much. You've you've um, laid everything out quite perfectly, I'd say. 
And uh, I thought he just he just has to go in the team. If you're making an all-time Liverpool team, you have to you have to have him in because he is the biggest ever Liverpool legend. Yeah, absolutely. That's end of. Yeah. Um, my my other striker was difficult for me because there are players that I wanted to consider. Well, players that I did consider and wanted to put in. So uh, believe it or not, Ian Rush was actually one of them. Yeah. I didn't put him in. I'm glad you did because um, it mean, meant we get to t- we got to talk about him. Um, Kevin Keegan came quite close. Yeah. Didn't put him in, um, and, I, and I ended up going with a much more modern choice uh, in Luis Suarez. Okay. That I mean, Gerard has labelled him as one of the best players he's ever played alongside, if not the best he's ever played alongside in terms of individual quality. Yeah. Um, you've talked about him. You said. Um, in the podcast a, a couple of weeks ago, that um, he was the he was the reason for the the slip season yeah. and the, the fact that Liverpool even ever came close yeah. because of his uh, just unbelievable quality. And he went to Barcelona and made Barcelona better. Yeah. And that I think that is just that perfectly tells you everything about how good he is because that was not a bad that was that was Barcelona in their prime as well. Yeah. Right. It's a, um, it's a Barcelona team with Messi in, isn't it? You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean that was and he just made he finished off the best front three in the world when he went there. Yeah. But just his time at Liverpool, um sixty nine goals and twenty three assists in his hundred and ten matches in the Premier League, as well as fifty one big chances created. Mm-hmm. Um he was he was very, very integral to that side and um, such such an important player in Liverpool history, even if he wasn't at Liverpool for that long, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd agree with that. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, again, you know, we're so sport for choice. For a second there, I did think you were going to go for Fernando Torres. Um, actually, he's another one. Um, yeah. The player that, you know, Gerard said that he, that Fernando Torres was the best player that he ever played with. And he said, you know, famously, we never talked off the pitch. He said, we just turned up to a match, the two of us. And uh, the link up, you know, that is that is probably one of the most overlooked and underrated um, attacking links link ups ever to play in, in the Premier League, Gerard and Torres. Yeah. Um, and they, mean, were, they weren't even mates. You know, it's, yeah, uh, I mean, Gerard said that, um, that Torres was the best player he's ever um, like worked with yeah. because of the link he had. Yeah. But he said in terms of individual quality, Suarez was, you the know, best. Yeah, by no, far I, the best. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you can you look at the career, you compare the career of Suarez to Torres and you can you can certainly see why, as you say, he went and improved a, a Barcelona team. And I don't actually know what the future holds for Suarez, to be honest. I think he's certainly got... Um, He's not retiring for another season, maybe two. Um, whether he stays at Barcelona, I don't know. We'll have, uh, time will tell, I'm sure. It'd be, uh, be interesting to see with with um, what Barcelona are doing and the, the transfer moves they're making, which I'm sure is something we'll talk about on um, Saturday when we look at our transfer rumours, as we always do. Um, but until then, thank you for listening. That's the end of this 1-11. to 11. It's, uh, I think we've both enjoyed this one quite a lot. Definitely. Um, but until then, stay safe and uh, thanks for tuning in.